Hello and welcome back to Victoria on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose and I didn't go to art school, but I still love to go to art museums and learn about art. Hi, and I'm Betty. I also didn't go to art school, but I also love to go to art museums and learn about art as well as look at art on the internet when museums are closed again, which is what is going on where I live right now. Our first episode that was out in 2022, we recorded in December. And in that episode, you say, I think the AGO is going to have in-person <laughs> volunteers come back at the beginning of 2022. And I was like, oh. Uh, exactly. That I was last episode, I was like, I'm going back to the art museum. And today it's like, they are all closed. <laughs> so, yeah. So today we are going to look at some art and talk about them. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Which, you know, we, I know we do. I know we do that every episode but this time I kind of want to go back to something we talked about uh, many episodes ago and now I should have looked up that episode number Uh, so I think this was summer 2020 when we there was a brief moment or at least in Canada there was a brief moment when museums were open again and I think in Chicago uh, museums were open as well and both of us had gone back to the museum. In that episode, I had gone through some strategies on like how to look at an artwork, especially when it's an artwork that you've never seen before, you don't know anything about, just some ideas on how to engage with art that way. So I wanted to go over those methods or those strategies again, but then um, I actually uh, just kind of found some random paintings that I like and I want to use this strategy with you uh, on them and just kind of test it out and uh, see how it works. I am really excited about this. And also for anyone who might be listening for the first time, do you want to say briefly your experience with art museums and teaching people about how to do this? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, So I am uh, a gallery guide and also in the U.S. I think this role might be called docents, which is basically the people in an art museum or gallery who stand around and you can ask them questions or they can tell you about art and sometimes lead tours around the galleries and basically just people who you can talk to about art. Um, and can teach you about art. So I've been doing this for about nine years. It'll be 10 years this year if I get to go back to um, an art museum to do this again, which hopefully later this year, we'll see how it goes. And I have been kind of teaching these strategies for pretty much the entire time I've been a gallery guide. And again, like the idea or what like our gallery guide program has been trying to do is instead of just you walking around and listening to someone kind of like talk at you about art we want to try to incorporate a a visitor participation and get everyone to talk about art uh, amongst each other and kind of like make this an like engaged participatory type of experience and I don't have any formal training in this but I do Really love going to visit art museums, as I said at the top of this episode, and so I am so excited to learn more from you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, But yeah, and then, um, you know, kind of when I first started doing this, I also, I had like zero training when it comes to, uh, you know, like being in an art museum as well. And so I kind of just picked this up along the way as well. So I just, yeah, I do want to emphasize that it's kind of a thing that is for everyone and um, everyone can pick up these uh, these strategies. And just before I forget, I finally found the 
episode. It was episode 20 when we um, when we talked about going back to art museums. So if you want to listen to that, uh, it is episode 20. Great. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so what I actually did, so in the show notes, I put a, I just put a link to a Google shared drive in our folders and um, you should have access to this. And in there, I've put some art and you can um, actually, um, I'll let you pick any one of them to start with and then we can just start and then talk about the next one as we as we go on uh but actually before before we start um i will briefly go over what the like overall strategy is sometimes when you're in an art museum there's not always a gallery guide you can ask questions too and a lot of people have asked me like what do we, what i do when i come up to a painting uh or a sculpture or any work of art and i just don't know what to do uh, and so this is kind of a step-by-step guideline on how how you can think about as well as talk about art and especially this is especially like fun to do when you're with another person or multiple people uh, and basically there are five steps uh, number one is describe which is you look at the painting or artwork and you literally describe what it looks like and what you want to do is you want to be like factual and objective you don't want to start interpreting the art yet this is when you just want to like look at the lines and the shapes and the colors and then step two is analyze uh, which is asking questions like what do you think the the art is made of like what do you think it's painted with or what's what it's painted on um, and then you can also decipher the elements of the the painting like if it's what kind of composition is it in like how how it in terms of like contrast and space so basically like a level beyond just describing like the shapes and forms that you see and then the third step is interpret so this is when you're you want to talk about like what do you think the subject matter is what do you think what do you think the art artist was trying to convey do you think there's a narrative and then you can also talk about like how does it make you feel then step four is called relate. Uh, and this is where you can go beyond just what you see in front of yourself, in front of yourself in the painting. You can talk about like what it reminds you of, and it can be other, other artworks, other paintings, or even books, movies, music, and things like that. Um, and you can talk about like, if, if you think there's like historic context to the picture, uh, or like things in your own life experiences. And then the final step, step five, is discover, which is this is where you would then go like look at the label and see like if there's information um, and historical context that's provided by the art gallery, which there isn't always, but sometimes there is. And then you can then use this to learn more about the work. Um, but the idea is that even if there isn't any information, so like sometimes step five can be skipped because if you can't find information or can't find staff to give you the info, then obviously that number five is difficult to do unless you go home or pull out your phone and start looking it up. Um, but that's kind of the general idea. So um, I actually, uh, the reason why it took me a little long to start this episode was I was actually, I actually downloaded all the paintings and I purposely took away the file names that say like who it's by and what it's called and what year and I just gave you like all you see are the images so the the idea is like you don't want to look at the label you don't want to look at the information you just want to start with like a clean slate um, when you approach the painting all right 
I think I'm going to start with the portrait of the girl as a reflection. This is really great because what we usually do uh, on Pictorial, since it's a podcast, is when we start talking about an artwork, we describe what we're looking at. And so we can start with step one, which is to describe. And now, usually we we kind of do like a general overview where we just describe the whole painting. But this time, I want you to start like really basic. Like instead of talking about like what you think is going on, maybe just start with simple things like lines and shapes and basic quality of the painting. Okay. Well... This is going to be interesting. Okay. So first of all, it's definitely a very detailed painting. It's done in a realistic, more traditional style. And it is, I think it's clearly attempting to like accurately depict a realistic portrait. Uh, The colors are fairly muted. The background is browns it's like a textured brown but brown nonetheless um there's no like real bright colors in here and then the focus of the painting itself is this painting of uh what appears to be a young girl i would guess that she's maybe around 10 but i'm really bad at gauging (laughs) the ages of children so that might be wrong there (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, again, uh, just a lot of um, soft lines, muted colors. She's wearing like a dark green dress with like a white scarf tied in her hair and like white over the top um, of her chest. And what's really interesting about the painting is that like the girl is holding what appears to be a mirror of um and so she's holding this mirror and it's showing her back at us uh so you can see the same girl in the mirror with the same clothes that she's wearing but instead of but she's holding it at an angle in that like she's sideways to us but the mirror the her face in the mirror is looking straight at the viewer yeah, actually, that's that's a really great description. And you you have pointed out already what is one of the most interesting things about this painting, which is it's basically has like an impossible perspective. Um, it, like if <laughs> if you actually took this as a real photograph, it would this would not happen. So, yeah, that's that's great. Um yeah, so we can we can basically move on to the second step now because the first step of like just describing the visual um, elements is, is pretty straightforward. Um, so the second step analyze is there's kind of like two two facets to this. Like one is yeah, without like knowing any information, how do you think this painting was made? Like what what type of paint or is it paint or like what do you think um obviously it's a bit difficult we're looking at it on a screen in in like real life you can actually see things like brush strokes but you know just do your best <laughs> just based on the style of painting i would guess this is an oil painting and i also would guess that it's older like and i don't know that for sure because i don't have any you yeah. know statistical information about it but just based on the style like i would expect this to be an older portrait yeah, it's hard to guess anything beyond that because I'm like, okay, well, I kind of assume that it's like oil on canvas, but I 
don't, I don't know because I can't actually see. I can't you know, literally like see the textures because it's on a screen. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, and then like the second half of this is um describing like the composition, which you kind of did like in the first part as well. Um, but this one is kind of going into like more specifics, like how it represents space and arrangements, which I think like we did talk about is like the artist is reflecting or yeah literally like trying to reflect a reflection in a kind of weird way um so i think we can kind of just like move on from this one and we can go to step number three uh which is like in interpretation so do you have any ideas on like what you think this work is trying to convey if anything and do you think there's like a story there if if any I talked a lot about how this seems to be a very traditional oil painting, which is why the choice of this impossible perspective stands out so much, because you would think it would just be a portrait of a girl, and at most, like, there may be some personality elements to represent her, but the fact that this is such a realistically stylistic painting but still has this choice to have something that is unrealistic in it and it's clearly not depicting direct reality in it I think is saying something deliberate which I think is really cool it's hard to say because on one hand like my I guess my initial instinct in it is I kind of feel like it's just like a cool thing to do with the painting (laughs) where it is really cool to have the reflection of someone be staring right at the viewer it actually reminds me a little bit I know this, I think this is the wrong section. No, that's okay. I'll say early. The painting um, Las Meninas, this really, really famous painting of a giant portrait of all of these people in the royal family. But there's a reflection. There's like a mirror in the back of the room. And the king and queen are reflected in the mirror. And like the painter is looking at them. And so you are actually looking at the portrait from the perspective of the king and queen. So it's just like this really cool creative portrait. Uh, And there's something about the energy of this that like just reminds me of that a little bit. It's like, why is the reflection looking at us and not the girl looking at us? Like there's might be a statement, but it also just I think it's just like a cool thing to do with the painting. (laughs) Definitely like this. This is the way you're going forward, like with the interpretation is the progression of like where it goes in terms of like the next thing we think about is like what this reminds you of um and yeah you so what you mentioned is the <clears throat> last meninas by velasquez and it um are there any anything else it reminds you of like other than like it can be also like other paintings or does it remind you of like just basically like anything in in life <laughs> that you can think of Honestly, the most striking thing it otherwise reminds me of is horror movies. Okay. Because (laughs) there are several horror movies that rely on reflections. um, And I think this is a very salient idea in horror and thrillers where like there's either something in the mirror that isn't that you like you don't see it behind you but then it's in the mirror or like something is behind you that you don't see in the mirror and like vampires <laughs> aren't seen reflection like like it goes back so deep um is this idea of like reflections not actually representing reality and i think that's something that's very deeply entwined with fear and so like this painting isn't scary really and i like it's just you know it's this little girl and whatever but you know Children are also used as horror <laughs> objects a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't 
my my instinct isn't that it's supposed to be like horrific, but I definitely think that it could be placed in that context quite easily because I do think that that is such an active pop culture element right now. Yeah, actually, when you mentioned horror movies, I all of a sudden thought about the two girls in The Shining. And even yeah, though, right? you know, this is <clears throat> one girl, although since there's a reflection of her, there's two in it. So like it, it does have that. It does kind of have that feeling to it. Like it's like, oh, that's not her in the reflection. It's her evil twin from the other side of reality kind of vibes, you know? Yeah, I, that's that's true because the way her eyes are looking at you, like she is looking directly at you, but almost like her eyes are glazed over as if she's like looking past you into the distance in this really mm-hmm. like kind of just, I guess, like mesmerizing type of way, but also a bit eerie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the only other question, or like there are definitely other questions you can ask, um, but we've already touched on this. Like another thing you can ask yourself is um, like, how does this work make you feel? And you had mentioned already there's like a horror aspect to it, but um, is there like any other type of mood or feeling it brings you? I would say that my strongest reaction or strongest emotion just from looking at this without placing it in a kind of potential other context is I think I just kind of feel soft for this child (laughs) where as we were just talking about the the expression in her face both in the side profile that we can see and in her reflection there could be something kind of haunting about it in a not necessarily scary way but in a little bit of a sad way where it doesn't seem like she's looking away from the viewer in real life and even this the face of her that's looking at us isn't quite looking at us you know it's not quite active in the gaze and I think there's something a little bit sad in that and because she seems so young it might feel like this reflection of what's going on here is this representing like some kind of reflection of innocence or maybe innocence that's stolen away too soon. Like, why does she look sad? And so I feel a lot of, um, like, softness towards her. That's great. And um, I'm not, I guess, like, we can kind of move on to step five, which is I can give you a bit of information about this. And we won't spend too much time on it because, like, I I do think, like, the point of this type of strategy is you don't have to get everything right or you don't have to, like, really always figure out what exactly the work is about. Um, But uh, this painting um, is a work by the um, artist um, Elizabeth uh, Vigie-Lebrun, and this is a portrait of her daughter. And you were kind of close. I just looked it up, and uh, the daughter is seven in this picture, apparently. Nice. (laughs) Uh, So this is one of the paintings she's submitted to the, um, the French Salon. Like, it's this basically, like, gallery showing that like uh, every that that these you know really prestigious salons have annually and this is um apparently three years i think something like three years in a row she submitted portraits of her daughter in almost like similar like almost the exact same composition uh as this one to the salon as um as her entry for those years and this is her uh, her child and she is um an artist who's known for doing like all kinds of portraits like she's most famous for doing a portrait of marie antoinette usually she does these paintings of like really famous people like royal people and this is like one of the few pictures i found yeah or paintings i found where 
technically isn't a really important person like in history, but obviously this is a really important person to to the artist. And what you were mentioning earlier about these questions about childhood innocence, um, like I did read like some kind of background to like the historic context of this painting is that this work was done around the late 18th century. And this was like kind of around the time where, at least like in European society anyway, that the notion of like childhood is being like formed as because before this it's like if you're four years old you can go work and like you know make a living whereas like at this point society was at a point where people were saying oh maybe childhood should be this period where kids should get to like enjoy themselves and things like that so that like kind of sense of like is this artist trying to convey like some sort of childhood innocence, like that might actually be true. Uh, but again, like since this is an old portrait uh, from the late 18th century, like we, and we don't have that much information from the artist. We don't know exactly. Maybe she was just like, my daughter is so cute and I want to paint pictures of her. Um, but, uh, or, you know, maybe there's something more. We don't know. That's very cool. Thank you for for sharing the background info that we do have about this with me. I'm also proud of myself for coming pretty close to guessing her age. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So um, do you want to pick another one to discuss? All right. This is very different stylistically than the one we previously talked about. Starting with it uh, is a lot of um, like sketch lines that haven't been colored in all of the way. Like, I don't know if it's an unfinished sketch or not, but that like is kind of the energy that the style has. The most prominent color in this as well is actually brown. But like, honestly, the most prominent color is white because most of the page is white. A lot of the shapes that are drawn are not colored in. But a lot of that is that is colored in is brown. Um, there are also a little bit of reds and blues and that is pretty much it. There's kind of a yellow, but I think that might just be left light brown. And there's not really any other color in it. It is somewhat uh, realistic in that it is clearly depicting real things. It's not totally abstract, but it is a lot less detailed. Like in the in the previous painting, when I was looking at it on the screen where you can't see brush strokes, like it's very unclear like where one brushstroke starts and one where one ends you know but like this one it feels like I can really see every line in this painting yeah so um I so in terms of like analyze which is so the this is like the one with with kind of two facets to this one is like um what like medium or how do you think it was it was drawn or painted um and then the next one is like describing the composition and like what what the artist is basically like trying to trying to convey if anything it's hard to say but it actually kind of looks like marker in the colors i don't know if it actually is um like it might be a paint but like like a watercolor paint maybe but like it, it almost has the appearance of marker on the screen and then uh like line sketching that really could be anything that i mean that could be pen that could be like very thinly sketched paint um 
it's hard to say. I I have actually tried to look up what the medium uh, of this painting was, and I actually don't know. Like, I, I also think it's maybe marker and pencil, but um, I tried to look on the internet of, like, what is, like, the medium of this painting, and I don't know either, so. Very exciting. Great. Okay. <laughs> and in terms of composition, this is what drew me to this painting, is that it's clearly evoking Washington Crossing the Delaware, the, like, very famous oil painting thing where it's like you know Washington's got one knee up on this little boat and there's an American flag that somebody has and they're all rowing to go fight in the Revolutionary War Um, very famous painting very sort of one of those like American iconography things but this is very different obviously stylistically which is already covered like the style was way way different Um, and also like a lot of stuff actually going on in the depiction is very different you still have like the Washington figure with one knee up on the boat. But first of all, it seems like they are hitting land. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like they're they're fully hitting land in the front. Someone is vomiting over the side. The person who has the flag is yelling at someone. Someone's, jump- someone's jumping off the boat in the back. I also noticed that several people on this boat appear to be black people which obviously in the original painting everybody's white um and so that's definitely a very interesting feature of that like i mentioned that one of the only colors used in it is brown like someone's coat is colored in brown like the boat is brown and some people's skin tone is shaded in as brown um which i think is a very interesting aspect of this and i just noticed the butthole okay (laughs) there's also someone is fully showing their full butt to us there's a lot going on in this painting (laughs) or drawing or whatever it is you know what i literally didn't notice the butt until you pointed it out either and uh (laughs) and i will say it is not just the butt you can see the person's testicles too it's not, it's a very, it's not even colored in. It's just a little line drawing, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I guess content warning for full, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I actually just noticed too, I think there's a, there's a shark in the, uh, in the bottom right corner as well, uh, which um, I also don't think is in the, in the original Washington Crossing the Delaware painting. Um, so, so the artist has definitely reinterpreted this painting with numerous elements. Yeah, it is interesting how iconic that painting is that it's still clearly riffing off of that just with a simple thing of having the flag, the boat and the guy with the hat on with one knee up like that's all you need for it to evoke that painting. Um, And even though like pretty much every other other element is different in in some way or multiple ways, you're still like, okay, yeah, I see. I see what's happening here which is very interesting to me yeah I think I think that is kind of one of the one of the reasons I was drawn to this work too like you said it is it's really simple like in a way it's really simple it doesn't even have that much color and a lot of it is just like sketched out lines but even then yeah just with those few elements you can pretty much guess what this artist is um is referring to yeah, we definitely talked about, you know, what what this work like reminds us of. Um, but I um I guess so the next question is do you have any thoughts on what the artist is trying to say uh or like comment on and then also like how this work makes you feel? 
I referenced earlier that, you know, this painting is so iconic and this is one of these like most iconic pieces of, of American patriotism, blah, blah, blah. Um, also, historically and famously, America is deeply, deeply racist. So I'm pretty sure it's related to that. I don't know if the artist had a, a specific message that they were um, imparting with this or if it was referencing or like in reference to something specific that had happened contemporary to that artist. I don't know when this was done. But yeah, it's definitely it's a, a remixing of this piece of American history in a way that's both confrontational, um, but also reclaiming it in certain ways. Yeah, that's a really great interpretation because um, so the artist, um, so this is a contemporary work and kind of similar to a lot of contemporary works, like the artists don't usually have a specific thing that they overtly say because quite often they do want people to kind of interpreted in their own ways or 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 obviously they want to insinuate things but um aren't doing it uh like totally literally um so this work uh is done by um this american artist kara walker and um i found this work interesting uh because so she's actually um known for doing these large paintings on walls mostly made of black silhouettes and and a lot of her subject matter is exploring like different uh issues in american history and a lot of it is is regarding race this is a particular artwork of hers that isn't doesn't happen to be these black silhouette paintings that she's known for um and uh i found out uh that she <laughs> apparently did this painting on inauguration day of 2017 okay <laughs> huh yeah when i said i don't know if this was referencing anything specific to when it was made i guess it was <laughs> yeah so i actually like i do want to talk about um kind of like artists like kara walker and some of these paintings that like reinterpret other as like other paintings especially historic paintings but uh we can leave that off for another episode do you want to pick one more and then maybe maybe i can do some like descriptions or talking about like my thoughts in this next one and then maybe we end it off on that one what if we what if we swing this around to another direction and end on this um dinner table Ooh, okay. Display. Great. Um, yeah, actually, this is great because I actually happen to not really know much about this painting myself either. So this is kind of a good thing for me to look at. I am looking at a painting. Uh, it is of landscape format and it has a lot of, uh, round cylindrical shaped objects that are drawn all over it. Um, it's a very colorful painting and it has um, a lot of reflective surfaces or what appear to be like like contrast between light and shadow. Um, there's a lot of like browns as uh, in the background of this painting um, and also like dark colors uh, or black um, in like the farther background <laughs> of the painting. Um, and seems to be really smooth it doesn't have any um like lines although there are like edges of a lot of these objects and that's about it in terms of like the objective colors and shapes <laughs> and forms in this work cool and what do you think the materials are in this 
probably oil paint. I'm maybe acrylic. Um, because the only reason I say that is like oil. I I'm reminded of like blurry, like smooth paintings, whereas this has a lot of like hard lines. But could be oil because it also has a lot of blended aspects as well. But then in terms of like what what the subject matter is, um, it is a, it does look like it's a painting of a, a table. Um, it's probably a dinner table. Like the reason why there's lots of browns is because the table is probably made of wood. Um, and then on the table, there are a bunch of like plates, probably made of like china or some sort of like maybe expensive porcelain because they look quite delicate. Um, and then there is a teacup in the foreground. There's some glass cups in the back. There are jars of what appear to be ketchup or maybe hot sauce and mustard. There's are like salt and pepper shakers. And there's a hot dog on one of the plates. And then I want to say like maybe cake or some sort of meat I'm not sure on some of the other plates and then there's like tablecloths um or um placemats uh underneath the silverware and the plates and cups and then probably a chair in the background um and uh it appears to be um uh, somebody's dinner table but there's no people sitting around it the composition of this reads to me as they they had a summer barbecue and now everyone's out back playing catch because you see stuff that's like there's like it's leftovers they've left the leftovers out and now everyone's gone to hang out elsewhere but they've already had dinner it's a really cool vignette yeah i it, it's interesting too because like the it, it is really it's got this like really harsh contrast like it does look like there's sunlight shining on the on the side of the composition directly onto the table and make like lighting it up really bright but then the shadows are really harsh because presumably there's no light in this room or it's not turned on it makes me feel like the sun is setting because it feels like there's really harsh light and shadows coming into it yeah and i guess like in terms of what it makes me think of or remind me of is um I guess, like, in I, when I first look at it, I just think, like, American. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm seeing, like, hot dog. Because, uh, yeah, like, I see, like, hot dog and ketchup, and I just think, oh, it, maybe it's an American dinner table. Um, but then, I, I guess in a way, it could just be, like, a generic dinner table. It could be, like, anybody's, you know, dinner table or somebody, like you said, somebody who has walked away f- from, like, a half-eaten dinner table. It looks like quite ordinary, um, but the interesting thing is whenever I think of like a stereotypical still life, like I think of these works that are done like that in like the 17th or or 18th century where there are these uh, really like luxurious like painted still li- lives um, by these like um, artists who basically just like paints these like luscious looking like fruits and like cups and things like that except like this instead of it being like a 17th century version this is like a contemporary version of that that's what it kind of makes me think of i also felt like this looked very american to me between like the hot dogs and burgers and the fact that they are drinking full glasses of milk (laughs) um this like my first thought when i saw this was fourth of july barbecue Ah. also there's like 
we we've referenced the hot dog there is one perfect hot dog that is painted on this and it makes me want a hot dog so bad and i don't even eat meat but i'm looking at that and i'm like i want to eat that hot dog i know it it does look really delicious i'm glad i already had dinner because otherwise i this would make me really hungry <laughs> but but i agree with you as well as reminding you about um older still life paintings but at the same time it's like it, it's a still life but also like i can't I, this painting looks to me like they're is activity right outside the frame like i really believe that this family is like in the next room in a way that it's like this is a moment of peace that has been captured not something that has been like posed and arranged to be there which i feel like is a a cool energy for a painting to have yeah that's that's actually a really good way of looking at it but yeah i don't really know um much about this painting except i do know that um this was painted by um what happens to be a canadian artist (laughs) um even though we're like i was like this looks like america um but it was painted by a canadian artist named mary pratt and she is actually she's known for doing hyper realistic uh, paintings like quite often her works look like they're a photo like uh, when I first saw her works I, I thought she was a photographer um, but it turns out Whoa. she's she's a, a painter who normally paints these like hyper realistic paintings um, but I guess this is actually one of the less realistic paintings out of her out of her catalog of works wow she decided to take it easy and it's beautiful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is when she was just like, oh, I'm going to do something simple. And it still is quite detailed. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah, I, I would encourage like um, anyone who can go to an art museum or if you can't um, to like try this out. Because as it turns out, you know, we, we talked like all of these paintings. We talked for like more than 10 minutes or maybe 20 <laughs> about them, um, even though we technically didn't go into the context or historic background of any of them. Um, It kind of just shows you that you don't really have to looking at an artwork in a gallery isn't necessarily just about like finding out the information of what they they're about. A lot of it can just be you like engaging with the art and talking about the visual elements and talking about things that it reminds you personally of. Yeah, it has been super fun to just engage with some pieces aesthetically and just see what unfolds from there. Like horror movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about art in horror movies as as a topic, too. Oh, we can't do that. I'll get spooked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Pictorial. You can find our show notes at relay.fm slash pictorial. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at pictorialpod. And you can also find me on Instagram at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at articulationsv. And I am also on YouTube as articulations. And we also have a YouTube channel, uh, Pictorial Podcast, where uh, we usually upload the video versions of our audio podcasts a few weeks after the audio versions have come out uh this one definitely i would say the video experience will be a lot better because you can look at the artwork uh as we describe them pretty much during the entire episode thanks for listening art enthusiasts